on, guys? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, back again, Straight Talk Wrestling, and I got a good one. I got an up-and-comer. I got someone I was very excited to see, and I can't wait to see him when he premieres on my TV. Please help me welcome to Straight Talk Wrestling, the future of MLW, and that's me and my opinion, and that's all that matters. That is all that matters. The future of MLW, the suplex assassin, Alex Kane. Welcome to Straight Talk, my dude. Thank you, thank you. I got goosebumps. I'm still, I'm still getting goosebumps right now. He's saying I'm the future of MLW. <laughs> well, you are, dude. When, when I, I watched the open draft from beginning to end, and we also did our own open draft kind of mock fantasy draft, if you will. And um, I think I watched that. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much for watching it. Watch and a lot of our picks have actually made it to the main mm -hmm. roster, which is very, very cool. And um, when you got drafted. I did my research right away because I did not know who you were. Mm -hmm. I, I've heard the name before, but I never paid much mm -hmm. attention. So I'm like, huh, yeah. I gotta look him up. And then I started checking out stuff, clips on YouTube, checked out your socials. And I'm like, yo, this guy's serious. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. So I know you talked about it a little bit with my daughter, which her interview will drop before yours uh, to introduce okay. you to the fan base. But now that you and I are talking, you talked about that Philly crowd. You talked about the energy. What was it mm -hmm. like for somebody who's, most likely been a fan his entire life like you to get into the business and then to debut at the house that ECW built. Everybody in wrestling has watched one ECW match mm -hmm. guaranteed. So what was that feeling like to ECW arena debut in Philly? Crazy. Talk to me, talk me through it, man. The, like the days leading up to it, I was so nervous. Um, like, cause I didn't, cause like I've always heard like the Philly crowd, like if, you're not it, they'll let you know that you're not it. Um, and especially with the, I guess, gimmick that I have, this is what you want to call it, the gimmick that I have, it being so close to um, Taz, like, and Taz was beloved by ECW, beloved by Philly. Um, so like, I'm over here like, man, like, what if, what if, what if they just start, uh, what if they just start chanting Taz out of nowhere, you know? What if they, what if they, what, what if they're like making fun of me? Um, but like everybody in the locker room, like Alicia, uh, uh, Zicky, he was there, um, Court, all of them, like they kept reassuring me, dude, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. They're going to love you. Um, King Mo also like, and like, like, co like coming, leaving the locker room and coming up to Gorilla, like uh, waiting to go out. Um, like, I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is happening. This is happening. Childhood dream is about to commence right here, right now. Uh, and there's like, there's no turning back. And like, I can, like, I can remember like how like the building felt like it was kind it was kind of cold or whatever. I'm like, I was like, can I get a jacket or, or something like some, something a little bit warmer? Let me rub my arms a little bit. Um, but I heard my music. And I'm like, boy, it's go time. It's go time. And when I walk through the curtain and I'm walking out on stage, I'm like, man, this, this is not as, this is awesome, but this is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like, I feel at home. Like, I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, this is where I should have been the entire time, which I don't know if that sounds bad or does, it sounds like, um, uh, like a little overconfident, but like, that's like, this, that's how I felt. I felt at home. Um, you know, I went through like my entrance and stuff like that, but it was just amazing. And then like throughout the match, like, even though like on MOW, I'm a heel, which is, I don't get to be, I don't get to play that role much, whatever. Cause everybody likes smiling baby face, Alex. Um, but like, 
it was like I feel like the reactions were mixed. From what I could hear, the reactions were kind of mixed. Like we got our heat or whatever, but the people were still like up for all the suplexes and all of the theatrics and all that. So that was a really, really dope experience. And then f- to come back to the back and court, like really, really excited for my, for like the match and my performance and stuff. And to get over in Philly, the first time I've ever wrestled in Philly before on TV, like in any, in any capacity is huge. And like, I feel like um, that's definitely a feather I can put in my cap because that's hard to do. Absolutely, man. Like you said, Philly will let you know. Philly and Chicago, I believe, are two of the most honest crowds in wrestling. Next to where I'm from, Toronto. Toronto, mm-hmm. we have our we have our favorites. If you're Canadian, you're in. You're in. We, we don't mm-hmm. we don't boo any Canadian that goes through the curtain. Even if they're portraying a heel, we don't boo mm-hmm. any Canadians because that's our blood. That's our people. Yeah. But if you do get over here, then you're golden. And somebody like you would definitely get over here. Your charisma, your humbleness, everything about you and what you represent would get over here. So it's interesting because obviously I, I, I'm in the room when my daughter's interviewing. Uh, and I was listening to the story about you, you know, checking, creating your, your avatar in WWE and trying to figure mm-hmm. out what would work. Now, is that something you've put into practice more often? Like, let's say you're looking at new gear and you want to change up your colors. Do you go to the WWE create mode and like see what it would look like before it's on you? Um, I try to, but like my design, my singlet design is unique to me. So it's not something that I can create in a video game, mm-hmm. but I do get on there and I play with like colors and stuff and like what would look cool and what wouldn't look cool. Um, so to that extent, yeah, I do get on there and I mess around with stuff. I try to go on there and like find like, like they have the uh, like the new moves packs all the times in these games mm-hmm. that moves you don't really see like on TV or on the independence or whatever. So I try to go through those and see like if I can like take something from there or like tweak it a little bit to make it my own. Now that's pretty cool. I've never heard that before. So I was like, I got to ask about that. Cause that's a very interesting uh, take and idea. It's almost like having an encyclopedia Britannica right in front of you and sitting there going, huh, I wonder what it would look like if I did a shooting star press and somehow landed on my feet. And, you know, I don't know, did a suplex. Maybe call it the shooting See, suplex or something like that, you know? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be insane. Um, though, I guess I'm, I've been trying to find, because I have a PlayStation 2 also, and I've been trying to find um, some of the older, like, SmackDown versus Raw games, because they actually okay. have, like, the creative finisher mode in there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, haven't had much luck, but I'm going to find it, because um, I feel like that could be huge as far as, like, put, putting, t- putting together something new or putting a new spin on something mm, i like it no it's funny you mention that because i have a few of those games myself my all-time favorite one though raw versus smackdown 2008 that's my jam that's my jam i i believe that's the game where they have like the story mode was like kind of like i guess extensive in a way and your character um, talked for like the first time like you actually heard a voice not something yeah. across the screen yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like that because like you got to do like promotions and stuff, and like there's a few other things you could do that kind of made it kind of cool. And I felt like they were I felt like as far as video games, they're on the right track with that one. And then they just kind of just went, oh, we're just gonna take out a bunch of stuff that nobody asked for us to take out, and we're gonna add a bunch of stuff that nobody asked for. <laughs> it's like the I'm a big fan of the NBA 2K games. I buy them every year, but I stopped mm-hmm, buying them. I stopped buying them since 2020. And the only reason I did that, so I didn't buy 2020. I didn't buy 2021. And I, I'm on the fence right now about 2022. 
because the graphics improved for sure and the mm-hmm. gameplay was there they added a couple features but at the end of the day it's pretty much the same game you start you work your way yeah. up you get drafted you do your thing right yeah 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 i don't like how they're making the game they're like i feel like they're tailoring the game that game to like competitive uh video game players mm-hmm. and like i just want to get in there and like have fun like nba i think it was nba 2 2k 13 or whatever my twin brother loves that game because you can hit i think it's like you can double tap b or double tap x and they do like the little spin thing to the hoop or whatever and that's like his favorite thing to do and like i feel like, like after like 13 like it's just like it's becoming too real and i need it to be more fantasy uh, for me and like the same thing with the wrestling games it's like my fi- my two favorite wrestling games prob- number one is smackdown shut your mouth um but number two that for me is smackdown here comes the pain mm-hmm. i like shut your mouth because it's so unrealistic like you can climb up the smackdown fist fall off of it yes you have this crazy effect of you falling but you know give it some time you get back up and you keep rolling um I think the only thing SmackDown Shut Your Mouth was missing was blood. That's about it. Other than that, it, it's, it's fine. Um, and that's what Here Comes the Pain kind of gives you. But again, after that, after Shut Your Mouth, everything becomes more and more and more realistic. But it's not realistic in the sense of, oh, you're really living the life of a WWE superstar. You're only really living the life of a WWE superstar in the building when the show's going on. But you're not getting to do anything outside of the wrestling ring that you would be able to do. And like I said, 2008 was on the right track. If they would have just kept on that track, I feel like wrestling games would be dope. Like, I remember uh, when the rights for WWE games were up, and I think it was like Ubisoft, Rockstar, and 2K were all in the running. And I really wish Rockstar would have gotten the rights to WWE games because I saw like a little like um, concept for what the game could be in a GTA wrestling game or whatever. Would would you be out shooting cops? No, you wouldn't be doing all that. But to have like that, like that free roam type deal in whatever city that you're that you're in, where you can go do stuff in the city or whatever, like I feel like that would have been awesome. I see that concept and I dig it. Like, it's like you got to let's say you start, for example, in New York. You got to become the king of New York. Then you got to go mm-hmm. conquer another city, go conquer another state, and then you move over. And next thing you know, you got Vince McMahon on the phone saying, "Hey, yes, that would be awesome." Like, I feel like. Like, WWE could definitely, I mean, they kind of, I think, it, what was it, 2K19? 2K19, they kind of dabbled in the indies a little bit. But I feel like if they really would have, like, spent some time on that, that would have been cool. Because, like, I don't have a problem with, like, grinding games or whatever. Like, as long as, as long as like, like, getting achievements isn't, like, uh, isn't, like, you're playing on normal, but it's, like, it feels like you're playing on legend mode trying to earn experience. Mm-hmm. But like, if they would have did like, uh, if they would have added more time to the story mode, where yeah, you start on the independence or whatever, and you wrestle for let's say five, six years within the game, or whatever. So it's probably a few hours, mm-hmm. um, and then you get to call up. But then once you get to call up, like you have your own storylines within that. And then if you're not in a storyline, like let like and shut your mouth and here comes the pain. Let me challenge for belts or whatever. Let me create storylines. Um, you know, stuff like that. But I feel like now it's just like, oh, uh, we have this set story for everybody who plays the game and there's no replayability. Like I can go back and play SmackDown Shut Your Mouth to this day and still have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, because yes, they have their main, the main story of, main story arc of the 
uh, career mode or what is it, season mode. Um, but like you can always branch off and do other things and figure out other possibilities. You're right. It's like an open-ended world, and that's that would have been cool. So I don't know, Vince McMahon. Listen, if 2K22 sucks, you got to figure out a new. You got to figure out a new designer, man. You got to get into it's the rock star world. Yeah, you got. That's it's, right. <laughs> it's probably gonna be trash. Like, like, and like they don't like at this point. You don't have an excuse. You gave gave you an entire entire year or whatever where you didn't have to put out a game or anything like that, and all you had to do was focus on the game. And you got people, like, I don't know if video game companies listen to their fans, because sometimes I feel like they don't. Like, everybody wants GM mode back. I'm not, I've never, I've, I tried it on 2006. It's not for me. There's, there's, too much, there's too much responsibility. But everybody loves GM mode or whatever. So just bring GM mode back. Stop with this my career nonsense, because it's not, because even NBA 2K, my career isn't a my career. After you finish the story, you're just playing games. Um, but if it actually had like a career feel to it, where like it lasted, how how long is the average NBA career? Ten to 10, twelve years, depending. Maybe ten to 15. twelve years. So, so if you could give the game players a a span of however many hours of game time it would be, but to give them like a twelve year, like an actual twelve year career or whatever, and have little stories and and things go wrong and things go up and things go down in there, I feel like then those games would be worth 60 bucks or whatever. But like, you're just giving, you just copying and pasting a game every year is not it. I feel, I feel like, you're, I feel like, I feel like you should be the CEO of a lot of these game companies, man, because you got some damn good ideas. Listen, if, if you ever take time off from wrestling, get in the video game world because I would play that game. I would, man. I, you and I just designed a killer game together. We got a partnership. That's it. G and K yep. Gaming. It's happening. It is happening yes. soon. Coming yes, soon. <laughs> so, so talk to me about talk to me about Corp Hour. Talk to me about how I've I've nicknamed him, and I he does watch MLW Rewind from time to time. So I've nicknamed him the Mad Genius because Court's got that old school feel to how he books and how the storylines progress like um for example hammerstone two years mm -hmm. two plus years trying to get his hands on jacob for two and we never could understand why why and all of a sudden at the season finale we find out about the gatekeeper clause we find out that joseph samuel has literally had this clause and it, all of a sudden Two years of being frustrated, like, when is this going to end? When am I going to see Hammerstone versus Fatu? It happens. And you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my. Okay, now it all makes sense. It mm -hmm. all makes sense. So when you're in a room with a man like Court Bauer and how much of a fan he is, but how passionate he is for the business, what is that like? Does that up your passion level? You're already passionate, but does that kick mm -hmm. it to another level? Yeah, like, like, when I got signed or whatever, like, he messaged me or whatever, and we talked. And we talk, uh, we talk pretty regularly about business and stuff. And sometimes, like, uh, like uh, the week after my debut, he sent me an article. Um, I think it's like I think it was Fight Weekly or week or Weekly Fight in Japan. He sent me the article and it had me and King Mo on there, and I thought that was really dope. I still don't know what it says because I have I can't get it translated. But like, so like, it, I mean, ever since I got signed, like he's been. He's been really like open, like as I've, it's, oh man, I don't, the relationship that he has with the talent is really, really cool. Like he's not, 
I don't know what it's like working for Vince McMahon. I, I could imagine you don't get to talk to him that often unless you are of a certain, you know, caliber, I guess. Um, but Court's always been like really, really cool to me. He's always been really, really open. Um, he's, it's not like when I have my own music and like I wanted to use it on MOW. And like he was like, yo, like if it fits your, if it's the vision that we have for you, yeah, we can definitely use it. Um, and like we tweaked it around and stuff like that. Um, and like the finished product, which you'll hear in, in my debut, like at first I was a little like eh about it because I'm so used to like how my music is. But like once I heard it, I'm like, yo, this is fire. I hear my own voice on my own song. It's not me rapping, but like just like the the, the first little part is me speaking. And I'm like, yo, this is fire. Um, but like for hit. I'm trying to, <laughs> so like, I didn't know who Court Bauer was before I signed. Mm-hmm. Um, or so like when I went and like looked him up, like I didn't know he worked for WWE. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know, like, like some of the articles I read, like rest the, uh, what is it, the young genius of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm reading up on this man. I'm like, yo, like this all make, this man really is a genius. He really is a genius. Um, and like, when you talk about uh, like, this, the Hammerstone Fatu like storyline, um, it makes a lot of sense. Like I know a lot of people shit on Vince. I know people shit on Vince a lot, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, he knows what he's doing. In my opinion, he knows what he's doing or whatever. He may not because he's not giving you what you want right then and there. Because one for him, that's not going to make him the most money, and two, like you're blowing your load too early. So that he stretches things out. And that's what that's what I kind of feel like like Court is doing with this Hammerstone plus two things. He's stretching it out. He's making you like want it more and more and more and more. So when he finally pays this off, the, the payoff is gonna be huge. Um, so I, I I if it goes on another year, I'm down. <laughs> Hammerstone may not like that, but I'm down if it goes another year. Listen, my heart can't take another year. Okay. I, I I'm in it, I'm in it for another three, four months guaranteed. But mm-hmm. God damn it, man, by December, I better see those two in a ring or I'm just, I'm just going to have to take a break because my heart's just not in it. I, it's two, two plus years. And I was sitting there going, man, come on. I just, I, and we've had little tastes. We've mm-hmm. had little tastes of what it could be. And I'm sitting there going, damn it. It's right there. It's going to happen tonight. It's happening tonight. And then the camera goes off there. I'm like, fuck, God damn it, court, son of a bitch. And I'm just freaking out. He's got you hooked. He's got, got everybody all, I, hooked. Oh, I'm all in. I'm all in. And you're right. Uh, he, and that's why I nicknamed him the Mad Genius. Because even when I don't think it makes sense, it makes sense. Yeah. And as much as you versus Fat 2 would be a banger, you versus mm-hmm. Hammerstone would be a banger, there's one match in my mind. And I'm, not, I'm no booker. But I'm just a fan who, who loves to see talent versus talent. Would be you and heavyweight hustle, Calvin Tankman. Yeah, that would be fire. Right? That would be great. Yes, right? that would be great. I Corp got the tag. Core Bauer, do you hear me? <laughs> well, actually, no, you'll 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 see you'll see on uh fusion. You'll see on fusion. The, it, it may happen, it may not happen. Um oh, is that an but, exclusive? Is that kind of a little t- oh we're getting some spoilers? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh like I got to tag with him at, at Paradigm. Um it was me, him. And Don't Die Miles versus uh, Myron, uh, his road, I guess his like road crew, uh, 
Nakeem, and there was one other person. I can't remember. No, Ken Broadway. Um, and we did this like real cool spot where it's like, uh, like, uh, what is it? Um, Calvin pops up, uh, Myron hits him with a back fist. I catch Myron and German him. That shit was fire. Oh no. That shit was fire. It sounds like it was fire. Sounds like it was fire. And I know that the young talent, the core Bowers bringing in the young talent that he already has signed. It's just an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. This whole time period is an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. We've got promotions working together. We've got potential matchups that could be game changing for careers. And Mm -hmm. it's just exciting. And MLW is a company that has been around, you know, going on 20 years now, and they have been through it all the ups and downs. But the one cool thing about MLW is they literally are the finder of superstars. You think of some of the talent that's come out of there. It's incredible. And you think of some of the talent that has stayed loyal to the brand. Mm -hmm. That's what's exciting. That's what's exciting is, is the ones that have stayed loyal, the ones that have gone on to have huge successes and congratulations to all of them, but the ones that are coming up are the ones to keep an eye on. And I am a big advocate of evolution. You have to evolve Mm -hmm. in this business. Oh yeah. Stay relevant. Even me as a podcaster going at it for five years and I've had to change the way I do things. I look at some of my earlier interviews and I used to cut people off when I had a point. I'd be like, Oh, hold on, Alex, hold on. I got a point here, but I'm not going to do that now. Now I've learned to sit back and just enjoy the stories. And that's Mm -hmm. what makes these things so much fun. Whereas if I look at my early interviews, I was quick to cut somebody right off mid sentence. I'd be like, hold on. I have a point. (laughs) Horrible, horrible way to do anything. If you're debating with your friends about something, that's okay because they're your friends and mm-hmm. they know you and they know, okay, he's going to cut me off now. But if it's somebody you've never met, to sit there and just cut them off, completely rude. So to any former guests that I've done that to, my apologies. I just get really excited when I have something mm-hmm. exciting that I want to say. I feel but, Yeah, you feel me. You get it. You understand. But um, in terms of like just where your career has gone in this short span, and how the ceiling is, there's no ceiling for you yet. You're far, the potential is boundless. Mm-hmm. Where, what is your five-year plan? Like, what do you see in your head for the next five years? I don't know how long the contract is. I haven't really seen the terms, nor do I care. I'm just going to enjoy the ride. But mm-hmm. if the contract's three or five years or whatever the contract may be, what's the five-year plan for the suplex assassin? What's the, what's the steps that you want to hit within this next, you know, half century? Sorry, Uh, half decade, half century. That'd be 50 years. Half decade. (laughs) Honestly, I really haven't thought and I really haven't thought that far. Um, and like that's not like me being um, I guess like complacent or anything, but it's more of like I know that Russ, I know that this can be taken away from me at any time. So I just try to take it day by day. Um, but like I I can kind of give you like what's in the next year, like um hopefully hopefully gold hopefully hopefully i strike gold in mlw that'd be that'd be awesome um you know i really i want to get to a point to where i can like truly do this like full-time i mean i'm, I'm kind of doing it full-time but it's not like like i'm breaking in a bunch of money right now um so it's kind of like a struggle right now a little bit but i would like to within the next year or two like be able to do this full-time and have this like pay all of my bills um, ho- however it happens. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that MOW allows me to still be on the independence. Um, because like, I feel like you go to some other places and you can't work on the independence and 
you know, you may not wrestle for five, three or five years, but you know, you're signed under that company and you're still making money, but you're not doing, you know, what you signed up to do. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely thankful for that. So like in the next like year or two or whatever, I would hope to be like full-time financially doing this. Um, hopefully strike some gold. Um, suplex and, uh, everyone on the know, roster. Suplex everyone on the roster. Definitely. Definitely suplex everyone on the roster. Um, you know, have some like memorable matches, like have some memorable moments that, you know, people can talk about like from years to come. Like that would be, that'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, those are really my plans. Um, I know they're not like super in depth or anything like that, but you know, that's me. Yeah, but it, it's okay. It's okay to have those realistic minimal goals for now. We'll get to the big goals because your, your career is, there's no end in sight here. Yes, you're right. It can no. be taken away at any minute, but if you, you know, stay healthy, if you stay active, if you, mm-hmm. you know, injuries are inevitable, you know, knock on wood, yeah. but anything can happen at a split second, like you said. So you're just enjoying it. And I love that. I actually love, I, one of the things I knew that you and I would gel was the tweet that you sent out when you got signed. And I love it. And I actually have it up here because I wanted to read it and I wanted to have a segue. And you and I are just on the same wavelength like right now. You're making it very easy for me to segue, which is great. So the tweet that you tweeted out was, I'm extremely excited to be signed to MLW. I'm going to stay humble and keep killing it. Never lost. Now that is just straight thank you. The door is now open for me. I'm going to go in. I'm going to work hard. And I'm going to surprise the hell out of everybody. And whether you love me or you hate me, as long as I'm getting a reaction, that's all that matters. But like you said, you won over the Philly crowd, one of the hardest crowds to win over in wrestling. You won them over. So yeah. what, that, what that is for you, I'm going to go old school for you right now, Alex. Little Barry Horowitz, little pat on the back right there, man. Little pat on the back. <laughs> man, like Court even told me, like, they had the, uh, the announcer that used to, like, do the events for, um, for ECW. And, like, he was like, yo, who is this guy? Who is this guy or whatever? So to to win over that guy who saw Taz like in his prime, like, oh boy, okay. And I mean, I mean, from time to time, announcers will call me like this generation's Taz, which is pretty dope. Um, I always say like, it'd be cool if Taz actually know, knows who I am. Uh, that'd be dope. I, we don't ever have to talk or like share any words or anything like that. That would be cool too. Not gonna lie, that would be cool too. Um, but it would be cool enough for me just that he knows who I am. Absolutely. And listen, here's what I'm going to do. I, I mean, I don't know Taz on a personal level. I don't know if he's ever watched my show. But when I tweet this, when I tweet the promo for this episode, I'm going to use that clip and be like, hey, Taz, you should pay attention. That's what I'm going to do for you. Hey. I'm going to do as much as oh, I can thank you. to make sure Taz pays attention because the world should be paying attention. So we talked about Calvin Tankman. We talked about some other matches, Hammerstone Fat 2. These are all matches that will, will, in my opinion, eventually happen. But there's one match that intrigues me the most of all when it comes to the MLW roster. And I think it's somebody you could really, really, really cut your teeth with in terms of MLW made for TV matches. And it's somebody who, you know, not full-fledged on the MLW roster, but he is there from time to time. And when he's there, he takes my breath away because he's one of my favorite cruiserweights of all time. And that's TJP. I think you and TJP would cut, that'd be like, just hand me the popcorn, Mm -hmm. point me to my seat, and let me enjoy the show. That's what I feel like that would be. And I feel like bigger guys and cruiserweights, mm-hmm. they mesh so well. You look at yeah. Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles. You look at Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan. 
those were two of Brock Lesnar's best matches, and he's got one move. Just a suplex. You have so much more in your arsenal. So I feel mm-hmm. like you and TJP could definitely have some just straight-up organic chemistry. What do you think about he's that? A, yeah, he's a really cool guy, too. Just like, because, um, like, I mean, I you'll see the Battle Riot uh, debut airs tomorrow. Tomorrow. Um, but I've like, got my popcorn ready. I've got three different but like, flavors. Just like, <laughs> but just like talking to him before that, you know, because like I had like a, I had, well, you'll see, I throw some people around. Um, and like before, like I was talking to everybody about like, okay, what am I going to hit you with? Um, and like before, like I found, I found that I had a list of people that I was supposed to, that's supposed to suplex. Um, like I was talking to him, like, okay, like, like, what are you comfortable with? He's like, dude, hit me with, with whatever you got. It doesn't really matter. And if like you don't know right now, just let me know when we're out there. Um, and like to come from a guy who's been in the business for so long, um, and like I'm the new, I'm a new kid on the block, and like for him to like be like still be like respectful, like that was dope. Um, Cause I like that's that's a really big thing for me is respect. Um, like I don't expect anybody to give me their respect. I try to earn people's respect. Um, and same with me, like I, I don't give. I'm not just like I give. I always say I give everybody a basic level of respect. Best level of basic level of human respect, and it's up to you to whether you keep it or it decreases. Um, and for him, it definitely increased. Like that was dope. Um, and you know, like again, like everybody in that locker room was so like nice, so cool. Um, uh, they were so welcoming. Um, they were very reassuring. Um, Cause I was, I, I had, I had my doubts that day. I had my doubts that day. Um, but they, they reassured me on everything. Um, and like they were like genuinely excited for me. Like I was excited, but they were genuinely excited for me. And everybody gave me like genuine feedback. It wasn't just, oh yeah, you killed it or whatever. Like, okay, yeah, you killed it, but like you could do this better or whatever. Or you could have did this better. Or you know, you could have taken your time. Like, I love that. Like, and I feel like I don't know if it's normalized in wrestling right now. Sometimes it feels like it is. Sometimes it feels like it's not. But I feel like that needs to be normalized because I feel like the only way for you to become like only for you to become that great wrestler that you want to be, there has to be somebody there to be like, yo, look, that was cool, but you know, you could do this better. And then you take that and you apply that and you continuously do that in every single match. Like you have to seek out criticism in order to get better. If you're not seeking out criticism, then, you know, you just got a bunch of people telling you, oh, you're good. You know, you ain't got nothing to worry about. You're good. I hate that. How old are you again? 27. Damn, man. You're like wise behind your ear. I thought, fuck, I thought I was talking to my grandfather. And I, I mean that out of respect that you got You got an old soul and that's, that's a great way. You can only progress and get better. If you take the knowledge from everyone else that's around you and you apply it, like you said, the sky's the limit. And I feel like you're right. I feel like that not only does that have to be normalized in wrestling, I feel like that has to be normalized life. in life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, most it definitely. has to be normalized most in life. The only way we can get better as a society is to, you know, take that harsh criticism and you actually mentioned something during um again the conversation with my daughter um you mentioned about evolve you mentioned about Mm -hmm. you did the tryout and you know the guy just gave you feedback but it was it wasn't that criticism that you were looking for in order to get better it was Mm -hmm. just a little harsh at points yeah how does how does does that i mean it might be a cliche question so i apologize if i ask it but does that fuel you or do you sit back and kind of maybe sleep on it the first night and be like, 
man, okay, maybe this is what he meant. Or maybe this is what he meant. Or is that just like, fuck that. I'm going to take everything he says and I'm just going to go harder and work harder. Definitely the first thing, like I, for like a while, like I overthought it a little bit. And like, I was always like, should I email him or no? I should have emailed him or no. Because like at the time, Gabe Spolsky was the guy or whatever. Like if you wanted to get to WWE, you had to go through Evolve. Um, and like, it was like, it was almost like, like career suicide if you sent him like the wrong email or whatever. Um, Cause I've, like, I've heard horror stories about it. So like, I would, I went back and forth with myself. I kept asking people on the roster that I knew, like, should I do this? How should I say it? Um, and like, nobody could really give me a definitive answer. They said, go for it. And I, it had been, maybe I did take too long to send him, you know, it had been like six months. Um, and like I sent him the email and he was, again, he was, he was like really, really harsh about it. He's like, well, why didn't you just ask me this? Like the day after I'm like, dude, like I had to like put together my thoughts. Like you're from how everybody's building you up. You're a pretty intimidating guy, even though you're short and stubby. Um, but, uh, like everybody's like building you up or whatever as this like super intimidating almost like vince like character so like i'm not gonna come to you i'm not gonna try to come to you incorrectly um and like even after i emailed him like he didn't even he like after like a little bit he didn't even answer me back and like i was just trying to figure out like what what's like this because he has this thing called the airport test so if you can walk into an airport or whatever can people recognize you um and I honestly, I had a few people tell me that it was complete bullshit because most of the time people aren't paying attention to you anyway. Um, Cause like, there's not like, like I think today in wrestling, there's not like the stars are big, but they're not that big. Um, unless you're like at the top of whatever company, major company you're wrestling at. Um, but like, so, uh, so I kind of like brushed that away, but I was like trying to figure out like, what is this like switching gears thing or whatever. And like, nobody, I still never got an answer from him, but I kind of had to figure it out on my own. Um, and it's something that like, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to happen in every match. Um, but it happens, it happens when it's supposed to happen. And it just, you go into another gear or whatever of your performance and you like, it, it doesn't mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're moving faster. It's just that your intention is different. Um, but yeah, like I, I overthought it a lot. And then like, I was just like, forget it, man. Like, if you don't want to help me out, like, I mean, that's cool, great and awesome. Like I'll, I'll figure it out on my own. Cause like my biggest thing was I wanted to make, I wanted to make a way for myself without being with like, without like, not without anybody's help. Cause I definitely had help along the way. And I continue to reach out for help, but like, I didn't want to get on to wherever I was going to go because, oh, you rode with Fox to here or you're a Fox guy or whatever. Like I wanted to, I wanted to do it on my own. And you have, I feel like yeah. you have, I feel like you've, you've, you've set realistic goals for yourself and you've hit them. And now you've got a brand that is behind you that can put eyes on you and the world can know what us MLW faithful already know. When the suplex is sash and shoots you side, he never misses. He hits Dagger his mark Mike. every time. I'll let Dagger you take Mike. that and put that on a shirt. You can yeah. take that. That's my gift to you. <laughs> I never you. miss my shot. I hit my mark every time. Yeah, yo. If you put that on a shirt, all I ask in return is you send me one. That's oh, all I most ask. Def. Most definitely. <laughs> no doubt. But now talk to me about 
talk to me about the evolution of the suplex assassin because we know the origin story i actually knew the origin story because I've, I've i found it on the internet i think you might have said it to someone or somebody might have quoted something but i knew the origin story but i wanted her to hear it too which is very cool but now that we know the origin story every character hero or villain hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on what's the origin story the story of the name the suplex assassin oh okay the the name okay yeah i I, I mean i i I don't know your origin story i mean i know where you came from i know where you grew up i know you you seem like a hard worker and you seem like a very humble and fantastic human being but the origin story of the name Mm -hmm. so we now know what you've you know Batman didn't just wake up and be like, I'm Batman. I don't care what the movies yeah. say. He had to think about it. We know that. He had to think about it. Joker didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to be insane. You had to evolve to become insane. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned Joker and Batman because that's my dude. That's yeah. my dude. But in terms of, you know, every character, like I said, they have that evolutionary point where the scale tips one way or the other. Now, you've mentioned that everybody likes smiling, happy Alex Kane babyface. But now MLW's given you that space to be the heel. And the heel always gets the best heat. Mm-hmm. Unless you're John Cena. When you're a born and bred baby face, you still get heat, which way or not. And even though yeah. he debuted and he got a huge pop, the fan base will turn on him. They will mm-hmm. eventually turn on him because everybody likes to, likes to say, you suck to John Cena. Just like they yeah. like to say, you suck to Kurt Angle. So the scale is going to tip one way or the other for you in MLW. Depending on which way it tips, really much depends on the fan base. Like you said, mm-hmm. either you're over one way or you're over another way, but you're always over. If you could pick which side of the scale you would like to tip. I mean, I I hear it from every wrestler that I've sat down and had a conversation with. Playing a heel is so much more fun. Is that true for you as well? Playing a heel is so much more fun than the than being the face? Um Yeah, I I I think it depends. It depends on the match and it depends on the opponent. Um for me, like being a heel is a lot more free because like you don't have to think so you don't have to think so much um and like you just you really as long as you like know like what like people what what people despise in like villains and stuff like that like your job's pretty easy but you know being a baby face is more of like you have to get sympathy from people and like sometimes people just give it to you and then sometimes you really got to go over and all out to get it um like they always tell like in training, they're always like, you know, when you're when you're getting beat up as a baby face, you know, reach out or whatever. And it's always so weird to me because I'd be reaching sometimes and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what am I grabbing for? Like these the fans aren't out here reaching out to me. You know, they may say like, let's go, Alex, but they're not like reaching out or whatever. Like, so so I'm like, do they even know what this means? Like, do I just need to say like yo, like help me? But then like if I say yo, help me, like then I look like a little punk. Or whatever, and I want to look like a little punk. I'm a badass. Or whatever. So like, how does a how does a badass like ask for help or like ask for like I need your power? <laughs> like it's a spirit bomb or something. Like I'm trying to gather up all the power or whatever to make this comeback. Like what? Are, like what are we doing here? You're um, pulling the energy from the fans to go yeah, super saiyan. Like, That's yeah. what you're you're trying to go super saiyan on everybody. I'm trying to go so super you, saiyan. You need to go. That's a great to way to think about it. That's, I'm gonna start explaining it like that to people. That's a great way to think about it. But like I, I, I don't know. Like so like especially on independence for myself. Like I'm never really either or. I I just call it as I'm Alex Kane. I do what the fuck I want to do. Sorry for cursing. No, it's uh, all good, man. I swear all the fucking time. Don't fucking oh, worry about great. it. You're good. Awesome sauce. Yeah, I'm Alex Kane. I do what the fuck I want to do. Um, 
and like some because like I've noticed like some places like even if I am a heel or whatever, I'll still have people like cheering for me because you're not gonna throw somebody two or three times and somebody not be excited about it or whatever. It's a, an amazing feat of strength every time, no matter what. Um, so I just kind of I'm kind of in the middle. I'm I'm there. I always think about I'm there to win this match. I'm there to win this match, and I'm going to do whatever it takes. If it's going to be on a little bit of the cleaner side, cool. If it's going to be a little bit a little bit dirty or whatever, and it's cool too. But I'm a competitor, and I'm here to win. Um, and that makes it easier for me um, as far as, like, like being confident and stuff because, like, that was a really, really hard thing for me coming up um, was, like, being confident because, like, like, yeah, like, it's easier, it's easier said than done because, like, confidence is different for everybody. It looks different for everybody. Um, you know, like... Like first, like first starting, like Fox would always be like, "Don't come out the curtain and be like, yeah," because, especially if it's like silent, because it's like you're saying yeah to get a reaction, but they're not reacting because they because they like what they see. They're reacting because you said yeah. So like, yeah, um, <laughs> and like that's like that's so see through. Like I can see right, I can see that you are not confident in who you are. So like I just started like walking out there or whatever. Like I already had. Like I have like a like a set entrance of what I do anyway, um, so I go out there and I do that. And if you react to it, you react to it. And if you don't, oh well, cool, great, awesome. My song's awesome, and I'm I'm enjoying this time walking to the ring. <laughs> Man, you are hilarious. I love that. I absolutely love that. And um, you know what? Uh, Fox sounds like a wise man behind beyond his years for sure. Um, how was it in terms of his? his training it sounds like he instilled a lot of great simplistic advice on you like hey listen this is i'm not going to teach you some special secret i'm not going to give you you know the michael jordan water at halftime and make you kick it to another gear like in space jam mm -hmm. the only reason i mention that is because i watched the the new one it was okay mm -hmm. yeah it was all right it's not the original is That's it worth opinion. watching it's not bad it's not, not bad. bad it has its moments but mm -hmm. just like the way they designed the bronze character he's kind of a dick to his own kids and i'm like bro like that's your kids man like don't okay. you, you can't you can't be a jerk to your kids like don't get me wrong my let listen i'm surrounded by women alex okay and that's mm -hmm. you would think that's every man's dream i got two <laughs> beautiful daughters i got a, a beautiful wife who is my savior she is my angel i tell her that all the time and even my dog is a girl there's no men in my life <laughs> Dang. yeah man it, it, and it ain't easy dude it ain't easy the dog bites me all the time because we just don't see eye to eye my 11-year-old is like 11 going on 30. So the attitude level is kicked up to here. My five-year-old's a little bit of a tomboy. So we wrestle around and we play around. But then if I get too rough with her, she starts crying, goes to mom. And my wife goes, baby, you're too rough. I go, but you're just, what the, what? She tried to hit me with the RKO. What you mean? I had to reverse it into a blue thunder. That's what I'm saying. But, you know, I don't get that kind of, dude, she put, I taught her how to give me an arm bar. And she, she gives me some serious pressure on my arm. I've almost tapped out a few times because she's got like bony little ankles. And when they dig into your <laughs> arm, they hurt. They hurt. So I've sit there and I've like picked her up with my arm. I'm not like super strong. She weighs like, you know, 15 pounds. But I, like, yeah. I'll pick her up with my arm and I'll just lightly drop her on the couch. And then she plays possum. She's laughing with me. As soon as my wife walks in the room, mommy, daddy hit me. What? But we were just, What? So then I, I getting get cold this you getting cold this Christmas. You got her I mean, snitching. So. Yeah, you got her snitching. That's what I mean. But no, there's no coal in my house. No matter how much <laughs> attitude these girls give me come Christmas time, uh Santa Claus spoils them. 
So, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I, I love being a girl dad. It's one of the coolest things in the world because, um, in my opinion, in my opinion, it takes no matter what raising kids is not easy, especially in this day and age with all the, sh- mm-hmm. the shenanigans that's going on. But, uh, when you're a girl dad, yeah. Okay. I'm cliche. You know, if anybody, whoever comes knocking on the door to date my daughters, they're going to get in all kinds of trouble. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm going to call in favors for all the wrestlers that I've met over the way. Listen, I need everybody to come to my house tonight. She's having her first date. Everybody come, Alex, I'm pay for your flight. Everybody come and you just got to stand around the front porch and look really, really scary. <laughs> and I'm, and I, I know I can, I, I know I can add you now to that list of yeah, people I'm going to call a favor in, but um, you know, what? raising girls is a great, is a, a, an honor. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, because I believe it takes a real man to raise a strong, independent woman in this world. And I am mm-hmm. honored and blessed to be raising two of them. And um, one of them is very, like I said, she's a sweetheart. You met her. You know she's great. Uh, the other one, yeah, I'm putting aside bail money because she's going <laughs> to be the one that, that gives me that gray hair. Like, you see this, uh-huh. Alex? When yeah. I started this podcast five years ago, it was here. Now it's here. <laughs> so that's a lot, man. That's a lot, bro. It is. It's a lot. And I have other podcasters in this great community that we have. They, they make fun of me all the time. They go, dude, your hairline is th-. I go, I don't want to talk about it. I don't need to hear it. I know it. I see yeah. it every day. I don't need to hear it. But one of my final questions, I'm going to go let you go enjoy your evening. If, if this all stops tomorrow for you and this all ends and, you know, life moves forward and you have to go on, is there one moment in your career so far that you will cherish? Like, man, that's, that's a moment that I'll take with me for the rest of my life. Um, the moment after I, uh, of me and me and O'Shea Edwards wrestled, um, hold on. So these are, so these are beads that he always wears and he has more and he wears them all the time. Um, and I believe Joe Black kind of started the tradition of like past, this is a torch or whatever, or it's a symbolism of a torch. And uh, for him to pass the torch to me, because I didn't know that it was going to happen. Um, but like he kind of passed the torch to me as like the, the, next, the next guy up or whatever in Georgia. Um, or I, I, don't, I guess it's in Georgia or maybe it's in wrestling. I don't, I really don't know. Um, but that was probably the most memorable moment because like I wasn't expecting it. I just thought, okay, one, two, three, he's gonna go to the back. I'm gonna celebrate a little bit and go. But like he he embraced me afterward or whatever, and he gave me the beads and like that. Like I almost I wanted to cry, but I was like, I'm in character, snap out of it. Um, but that's probably the moment I'm probably gonna remember the most if if all this stops, you know, tomorrow. That's an awesome moment. That's a great moment. And that just shows your character and who you are. And I'm honored to have you as a guest on the show. But now I'm even more honored to say that Alex Kane is my friend. And all eyes are going to be on you. You are now a member of the Straight Talk family, the Straight Talk faithful. Okay. And you're welcome back anytime. My house. You did have one other question about Fox that we kind of segued off of. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I think you were talking about uh, like the, I guess the, the things that he's instilled in us. Yeah. I guess. He's given you that simplistic mm-hmm. advice and it's, it's, it's very, it is, it's so simple to, to take it in, but to mm-hmm. understand it and put it into practice is harder than it would sound. So when Fox, again, he sounds so wise beyond his years, when Fox give you that, that very simple advice, 
how have you put it into practice? So like when like I was struggling with like my confidence as far as like performing and stuff, uh, Fox would all before I went out, he's like, you're a killer. You're a killer. You got this, man. You're a killer. Like he'd be, be pacing back and forth, calling his own match in his head, but he'd be telling me, you're a killer. You're a killer. Um, and like, just like that little bit, like that was the, like, that motivated me. Um, and like, I always thought it was weird, like when he stopped, but I guess he stopped because I finally like, it un finally unlocked in my head. Um, and like, there would be times at like training um, where like, I wouldn't, we wouldn't, we just do stuff on the fly and like my personality would come out and he's like see that that's what that right there that's what we need that's what we need right there and i would just be having fun like just talking smack because that's like that's what i like to do i like to talk crap people um and like that when that like part of me came out and i realized oh snap i can actually do i can do this in, in a wrestling match like i can i can berate this man or whatever in like a funny way but like it still be like me in a way you know um he's a really big proponent of like believing in yourself um because if you don't believe in yourself no one else is going to believe in you because again you're you become see-through at that point um so no matter what the gimmick is no matter like man woman binary non-binary doesn't matter whatever if you believe in yourself other people can see that they can sink their teeth into that um so like and he's always like, he's always like, you know, after you do something or whatever, like, make sure you get up and you look cool, man. Look cool. Put your hands up. Like, and like, I don't know, like a lot, a lots of people do this, but like when he does it, it's like, you know what? I think that might be his thing. That might be his thing. Um, like, I always try to tell people, like, if you can, like, if you can make it time in your week or whatever to come to Georgia and like train with AR Fox, that's something you should definitely do. Um, because like, like, he's not like, um, he's not like an a-hole or anything about uh, when it comes to training or whatever. Like, um, he's like very, very chill, very calm, very patient. Um, and like, it's a, definitely an enjoyable experience. Um, and he's gonna like, he has his own way of teaching you things, but you're, you're gonna be able to get it. Um, and it's gonna like, it's gonna stick with you. And like, it, it makes sense. Like, let's see, I've only been wrestling for two years and I'm signed already. Theory only wrestled, I mean, Theory was gonna get signed regardless. It doesn't really matter. The man looks like an action figure, but still three years signed. Leon Ref, two or three years signed. Um, Lee, Lee Johnson, I believe only wrestled for two, maybe three years signed. So like, um, and there's, there's many more names. There's, there's even, there's people on the independence that he's trained um, either directly or indirectly or whatever that, you know, are on like the higher levels of things. Um, and like the proof is in the pudding. Like the, is the A4 like this state-of-the-art facility? No, it's not. But like Fox always tells us like, you don't need a $50,000 facility to create great wrestlers. You need a wrestling ring and somebody who gives a damn or whatever. I have a wrestling ring and I give a damn. Um, so like, so to have somebody and to also like, I don't, there's not, there's, there's not a lot of trainers. There's, there's some, as there's probably, there's a few or whatever that have literally wrestled everybody who is making millions of dollars in this business or whatever. He's literally, I think he's literally wrestled everybody in NXT. He's wrestled most of the people on impact. He's wrestled a bunch of people in MLW, a bunch of people in ROH. Like he's wrestled everybody on this planet. And 
like he has like notebooks on top of notebooks on top of notebooks of notes or whatever that he bestows upon us or whatever either he lets us read it or he does or he gives us like the knowledge when we're training so like i always say train with air fox is like getting the my career uh uh the my player starter pack or whatever like it's like it's it's like an accelerator so like because like I debuted within like six months of, of training. Um, and like, he, it's like literally, it's literally a factory. He's, he's pumping guys out, but he's not like releasing guys into the world where they don't know what they're doing. Like he makes sure like, you know, like what your moveset is, you know, what your character is. Like you may not, it may not be concrete because my, because like starting their training, mine wasn't concrete. It took me being on the road to really develop it. But like you have a definite foundation or whatever to build upon. Um, so like, yeah, if you can definitely come to the A4, if you're listening to this, like definitely do that. I think it's like 25 or 30 bucks drop in fee, something like that, but it's gonna, it's going to be worth all the money that you spend. Um, he's in my opinion, one of the great, one of the best wrestlers on the planet that are live walking around. Um, and also one of the best trainers, coaches, or teachers that you could possibly have. He's just an all around dope individual. Absolutely. Like I said, wise, wise beyond, you know, his years. And he gives you that simplistic advice that you put into practice. And it, it sounds like uh, you getting signed was the right thing, the right time. And you had somebody there early on in your career to guide you. And you have a whole lot of great teachers. You know, one of the, one of my favorite movies of all time, and you know, this may surprise some people is Aquila and the Bee, but the little girl is the spelling bee. I love that movie. And I love it because of the one line that Lawrence Fishburne says. She goes, I need you to be my coach. And he goes, look around. He's got a thousand coaches. And that's just anybody willing to lend a hand. So yeah. AR was your original coach. But mm-hmm. now every time you step into a locker room or every time you have a conversation with another person in this business, that's another teachable moment. And you're a sponge. You're soaking up the knowledge. You're humble. And now, like I said, MLW has eyes. And the eyes are going to be on you. And the sky is the limit. And I can't wait to get you on Rewind with my podcast life partner, Uncle Bobby B. So we're definitely going to set that up very, very soon. And um, thank you so much, man. Like I said, you are now a member of the Straight Talk family. Anytime you sure. want to come back, anytime you want to do this again, you're welcome. You're absolutely definitely welcome. need a shirt. <laughs> Sorry? I need a shirt. Done. Done. You're going to send me your address. I'm going to send you a shirt. I guarantee you. If I have to buy, I have it on pro wrestling tees, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to ship it your way. 100%. And if you put, if you put my, the saying that I gave you on a shirt, you got to send one back. My yes. Way. Yes. I got you. All right. Awesome. Guys, that's it for this one. I'm your host, your boy, George McKay. Peace, love, and wrestling. We'll see you next time. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace. None in my league. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Any with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going state to state.